0: I you I don't even know why you still here. Step, step. Uh
1: huh. Uh uh-huh. huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Said I cried inside your lap. We was the closest. Romantic sitcom shit. Now I'm hopeless. I mean I cried inside your lap. We was the closest. Romantic sitcom shit. Now I'm hopeless. I got them news that you sent. They was personal. And all them hours in the gym. It was worth it. And your favorite exercise is when you purchase. Run up a bill, baby. Run up a bill. To
0: my joint, I'll you. He- welcome, welcome, welcome. I want to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. It's your boy, Jalen. And if you would do me a favor, please subscribe to wherever you're listening, wherever you're watching. It would definitely mean a lot to me. If you're not on the YouTube channel, come to the YouTube and subscribe there. As you can see, you know, get the full visual experience. But where we'll start is this. The Eagles trade. Last week, the Eagles traded Carson Wentz to the Indianapolis Colts for a third round pick and a second round pick. Now, let's before we talk about the trade in total, let's talk about the Eagles. The Eagles were so desperate to get rid of Carson Wentz. No, let, let's let's actually go back a little further. We look at the Eagles championship year, uh you know, of course Nick Peterson, uh, you had Nick, I mean Nick Nick foles, we know the Super Bowl run, And a lot of people would tell you that after that run the 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 Eagles should be perennial Super Bowl contenders. They had a lot of players returning. They had a lot of the coach, most of the coaching staff. I think all the coaching staff actually returning outside of Frank Reich. Uh, they, you would think that the Eagles, after that Super Bowl, would be a competent organization. And before I keep going, this is not because I'm a Washington fan. This is pure facts. After that Super Bowl run, the. St- it feels like the Eagles haven't really done anything right. You have Carson Wentz. You signed Carson Wentz to a mega deal. But you st- even even before signing that deal, you knew and you know that Carson Wentz has injury problems, injury history. You know that he 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 has a problem with staying healthy. Hell, the reason why Nick Foles has a statue, the reason why Nick Foles is so revered in in Philadelphia is because he had to come in for Carson Wentz and ultimately have one of the greatest Super Bowl runs ever and win it all against Tom Brady and the Patriots at the time. But, you know, that doesn't work out. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the training staff. I don't know what it is, but multiple players continue to get hurt. And then you fudge up the Nick Foles Jalen Hurts experience completely. Now, there's uh, we talk about Jerry Jones a lot. And one reason why we talk about Jerry Jones a lot is because Jerry Jones is seen a lot. Jerry Jones is heard a lot. One the last thing you really want is an owner to be the face of the franchise. It's it's that's because that means the owner has, I mean, I understand it's the owner, you know, you have the most money, you, you, you're the billionaire, it is what it is, it's your team. But when the owner is the face of a franchise, that means that either the franchise is not good or the owner continues to be in the, in the spotlight, continues to be front and center. And in Jerry Jones situation, he continues to talk, continues to he, he always, I mean, he has a radio hits, he he just continues to talk. He feels like he has to be a part of the media. While the Eagles owner is not the is not the face of the organization, one problem that we see with the Eagles is the owner and the GM continuously tried to make decisions for the team as far as how personnel is run. And that's kind of what happened with uh Peterson and the the ownership. Nate Peterson uh, wanted the the team to run one run, go one way and he felt that that he he had he earned that seeing as though he won the franchise their only Super Bowl But then the owners, ownership and GMs were telling them to do something else. They were telling them, you know, no, stick with Carson Wentz, even though we, you know, Carson Wentz had a horrible year. Uh, They were saying no. All right. Now play like Peterson did not have his own voice. And that's that's one reason why the the Eagles just had a horrible year last year. But let's go back to this trade. First and foremost, the Eagles lost the trade. Not because they lose the player, but because they just going into this it's off season <laughs> the the writing was pretty much on the wall for the Eagles. The writing was on the wall because, I mean, we know what happened with Peterson and Peterson and Nick uh, and and Carson Wentz weren't getting to, weren't getting along. And Carson Wentz said he wants he demands a trade. He doesn't he doesn't want to be a backup, which was understandable. And you're already behind the a ball in that point when the player says he wants out. And once the player says he wants out, unless you're like a Deshaun Watson or something like that, you're not going to get the most that you can get. Seeing as though the player has already expressed that he wants out. So teams are going to be like, why would I give you top dollar if. The player doesn't even want to be there, so you're already behind the ball in that point, point. and you've been asking for a first round pick plus something. I mean, I I remember saying they're they're going to ask for a a a king's ransom for Carson Wentz first and foremost. Carson Wentz at his best is a good player, but he's not no car. He's not no Deshaun Watson. He's not no Matthew Stafford. Like Carson Wentz is not no first round pick talent, but. At least right now. But I digress. To end up trading Carson Wentz for a third-round pick and a second-round pick that may or may not turn into a first is is crazy to me. See, uh, It's not crazy. It's It just shows where the organization is. One, the organization wanted to— they just needed Carson Wentz out the building. But the problem with that is what you lose in that? I, I don't know if you remember what it took to get Carson Wentz, but it took a lot to get Carson Wentz for Eagles to trade up to get Carson Wentz. Then you lose Peterson, who is a pretty good co- coach. Don't get me wrong. I understand that, you know, last two years maybe didn't work out how it was supposed to work out, but he's a pretty good coach. So you lose him you and you lose Carson Wentz. So on top of that, on top of this all, you come out – Instead of saying, okay, now that Carson Wentz is out, Jalen Hurts is going to be our quarterback, you then say, we're going to bring in a quarterback and have a quarterback competition. So that shows right there. The the problems that Carson Wentz was dealing with, with the organization, it looks like Jalen Hurts might, might have to deal with that too. How is it that all offseason, I mean all last season, we're hearing, play Jalen Hurts, play Jalen Hurts, play Jalen Hurts. You then play Jalen Hurts, and he he looks good. He doesn't look like a, a, a Super Bowl-winning quarterback, whatever, but this his first year, and he looks good. He looks promising. He looks like he can have a bright future. You play him, he looks like that. He's a main reason why you're able to get off of Carson Wentz, and then you then turn around and say that, we're still going to have a quarterback competition instead of backing the quarterback that you pretty much gave up on your previous quarterback for. It's just, it just shows that the Eagles are not the organization that 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 championship year was really an anomaly. The Eagles are not a well-run organization. They have players that hell We, nobody really talks about Zach Ertz has been wanting out for the past, what, two, three years. Um, The players continuously get injured and I don't. I'm not just. I'm not saying it's on the organization, but you have to start looking at the 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 uh, health of the uh, like the the staff when you when you're saying players like every year towards the end of the season half of their players are out due to injury. It's just the Eagles are not a well-run organization, not to mention. And this really shows you how much they wanted to get off of Carson Wentz. I don't know if you remember. When we talked about the Matthew Stafford, uh, Jared Goff trade, and I said that the last thing teams want to do is this is the last, you know, teams, they don't want to trade away star players. They don't they don't want to do that, of course. But even more than that, the last thing a team wants to do is have dead cat money. Not I mean. There's nothing you can do with it. It just costs the team that much money, and you can't do nothing. You can't fill it with anything. You can't bring a player in and and pay him that money. Like, you can't do anything with dead cat money. It's just – that's just what it is. You know they wanted to get rid of Carson Wentz. And actually, honestly, I don't think they had any – they didn't – I also think one reason why they they settled for a third-round pick and a second-round pick is because they didn't really have anyone that wanted Carson Wentz. So – You know they wanted to get off of Carson Wentz so bad because they took, the Eagles, took the biggest cap hit in NFL history, which is $33.8 million. That is money that they just don't get back. And I guess you can say they have faith in Jalen Hurts, but. It's weird when you say that and then you turn around as soon as you trade Carson Wentz and say, "Oh no, we're we we're, we're going to try to bring a quarterback on and have a have a healthy quarterback battle." That doesn't make sense to me. That's like saying, you know what, we're gonna bring a, uh, we're gonna we're gonna trade away. I don't know. That's like saying, you know, we like Deshaun Wentz, but there's going to be a healthy quarterback battle. Or Deshaun ones. We like Deshaun Watson, but that's gonna be a healthy quarterback battle. We like Aaron Rodgers, but that's gonna be a healthy quarterback battle. We like Patrick Mahomes, but there's gonna be a healthy quarterback battle in Kansas City. No, I'm not saying that Jalen Hurst is as good as Cars I mean as you know, Patrick Mahomes or, or or Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson. But what I'm saying is if that is your quarterback and you're in and, and if you look at the roster and look at the quarterbacks on the team. I don't see how you don't go and say, "Okay, this is our quarterback. This is who we're going with," instead of just saying, "Oh no, it's going to be a healthy quarterback." Wow, that doesn't make. It just shows the Eagles really don't know what's 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 going on, and it shows that more and more you look at it, that championship year was more of an anomaly instead of what's what is to come or the norm. So, I I mean we have to see of course i think jalen hurts will be the future of of uh philadelphia i don't know if he's going to be good enough to win a championship or a super bowl whatever you want to call it but i do think that he did show flashes he did show signs of promise especially this being his first year i think that you know it, it, I, we have to see and let's talk about the trail on the on the on the indianapolis colts side to me this is what you want it you know, you you Carson Wentz f- for people that forget, Carson Wentz was a MVP favorite before he got hurt that Super Bowl year, and a lot of people want to want to want to say the reason for that was his pairing with Frank Wright, and the fact that Frank Wright is now on the Indiana coach uh, or Indiana coaching staff. You and, and you bring Carson Wentz on. A lot of people in and in Indy's hoping that you get now the Carson Wentz that was the MVP candidate. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Carson Wentz is horrible. He had a horrible year last year, but I think we have to wait to see if that was just one year or if Carson Wentz is really broken. If Carson Wentz is really broken, I still don't think that Indianapolis lost the trade because you only give up a third-round pick and a second-round pick. Now, you also have Jacoby Brissett, Oh no, I'm sorry. You had yeah, Jacoby Brissett on the roster. And while Jacoby Brissett may not be good enough to be a season long starting quarterback, if you need to bring him on for Carson Wentz, because he just ain't getting right, you can do that. Now, if Carson Wentz and Frank Wright pairing is is like a match made in heaven, like it was that year they won a Super Bowl, then you could you pro- you have you could have a quarterback of the future. I mean, Carson Wentz is still young. we you know, a lot of people were saying, especially after, before this, before last year, a lot of people were saying Carson Wentz could be a top ten quarterback when completely healthy and when paired with Frank Wright. So I think that I mean it's a win win for Indy. You don't give up that much, and if he is at his best. At the at at Carson Wentz's best, you could be a Super Bowl contending team. I mean, we know how good Indianapolis is as a team. I mean, you have an incredible defense with Darius Leonard and DeForest Buckner. You have Quentin Miller and one of the best offensive lines in the league. And and one reason that we were one thing that held them back last year was the quarterback play. Even though I believe Philip Rivers is a future Hall of Famer, he's passed, he was past his prime last year. And we saw that against the Bills in the playoffs. You're hoping that you're getting the Carson Wentz that was the MVP front runner before he got hurt. If that's what you're doing, or if that's the Carson Wentz that you're getting, then yes, most definitely. You have the roster, and I'm not saying they're good enough to win the Super Bowl, but... Let me say this they are good enough to win the Super Bowl. I don't know if they will seeing as though the teams around the league, but this is of course if you get the Carson Wentz that was a Super Bowl. I mean the MVP front runner before he got hurt now again. When I say it's a win-win, because even if you don't, you didn't really pay that much for him. You can give him, keep him for one year. You can cut him. You can try to trade him. And you can just start over. I mean, not start over. Start over at the quarterback position. But, I mean, Indianapolis really, they, they you know, not to mention you're pairing him with Frank Wright, which you hope unlocks the Carson Wentz that you got before the injuries. So, like I said, man, I— we have to wait to see. I'm not gonna sit here and say that Carson Wentz is a broken quarterback. I'm not gonna sit here and say that Carson Wentz is 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 just finished or cooked. I will say he had a horrible, and I mean absolutely horrible season last year. But that could be an anomaly. It could just be one year. Now, if it continues, then you, you yeah, I, I will. I will be the first one to say it's it's they're god awful, <laughs> but. Uh, again, we have to see. And then I'm also I'm also not going to say that uh, they want they – I'm not going to say that this is just going to automatically make them a Super Bowl contender because, like I said, we saw what we saw from Carson Wentz last year. However, we do know the roster that the Colts have, and it really depends on the Carson Wentz that you're getting. Even at his best – let's say this. Even at his best, if we're getting the MVP candidate – uh, with Frank Wright if, if we're getting that from Carson Wentz I think that they're good enough to at least make it to the AFC championship I don't know if they're good enough to beat a team like the Chiefs I don't know if they're good enough to beat a team like the Bills I don't know if they're good enough when they're firing in all cylinders to beat a team like the Ravens but they will they sh- if again it all depends on the Carson Wentz that we're getting it they definitely can be in that tier, uh, seeing as though the roster that they have. So, like I said, the Eagles trade Carson wins to Indy for a third round pick and a second round pick pretty much. So we'll definitely need to see. I don't I don't see unless unless you bring in a a unless you find a way to get uh Trevor Lawrence or Jalen Hurst just becomes the next Patrick Mahomes. I don't see how the Eagles come up successful in this trade, seeing as though they were asking for a first round pick and they got a third and a second, not to mention you're getting, you lose Carson Wentz, you lose Peterson or you, you mutually part ways with Peterson and you don't really even instill uh, faith in your new quarterback. And for Indy, Like I said, you get Carson Wentz. Hopefully, they hope that Frank Wright is going to unlock the Carson Wentz that we saw that was an MVP frontrunner that one year. And with the roster that they have, you know, you hope that, you know, you get the best of it. So, we'll just definitely have to see. Moving forward, Naomi Osaka wins the Australian Open. Uh, This, I think she... She becomes the second woman in tennis history to win four or to go four and zero in her first four major finals appearances. Um, it started with the semifinals when she beat Serena Williams, and let me let me let me let me uh, park on that real quick. So she beat Serena Williams in straight sets as well in the semis, and a lot of people are saying that. Serena Williams should retire. This should be it for Serena. Um, She's giving all that she got. That's what that's what people are saying. A lot of people are saying, not everyone, but I'll say this: one, the only person that can say they want to retire, or the only person that can make that decision on if they should or should not retire, is Serena Williams. One and two, I understand the criticism. One, let's say that I understand. You know, Serena Williams she she hasn't won in a minute uh last time she won i believe is when she was uh pregnant uh, and you know she she just she hasn't won and her losses she looks bad in her losses i'm not going to hold you like she looks she looks like a step slower than her opponents in every single one of her losses after her pregnancy but on the flip side i will say this While yes, we look at she hasn't looked good in all her losses, and she hasn't won, I believe, since she was pregnant. We also got to look at where she's losing. She's losing in the semi. She's losing in the finals. She's losing like she's. It's not like she's losing the first round and getting bounced. Like she's losing in the championship or a game before the championship. So. Well, yes, I believe that we ha- were we haven't I, I believe that we're done seeing the Serena that you can just like when she steps on the court, she just leaps and bounds better than everybody. Like, I don't I don't think we're I think she's past her prime in that sense, but. I do look at the fact that every I mean every time we see Serena and every time we see her lose, she's either losing in the semifinals or she's losing in the finals. So again, I'm not here to say that Serena Williams should or should not retire. That's not for me to say. What I will say is you have to look at what you're seeing. No, we're not saying that Serena that's just head and shoulders better or, or better than the rest that like she's been her entire career but we aren't also looking at a washed up Serena like she continued like she was destroying people before she got to you know Naomi and like I said every time we see her lose the past few years it's been either in the semifinals or the finals so I think we do have to give respect in that point that while Serena might not be you know the Serena that we're used to she ain't she ain't garbage you know what I mean and let's go back to uh Naomi Osaka I'm not okay so let me say this you can see greatness you can you can feel it you, when you know when you're watching greatness you know when greatness you can it just radiates you know what I mean like you know you're watching greatness when you watch LeBron James you know you're watching greatness when you watch uh, Steph Curry when you watch a KD, you know you're watching greatness. When you watch a Patrick Mahomes or, a, or Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady, you just know what greatness is. It kind of hell. You know what greatness is when you watch a Simone Biles, when you watch Serena Williams, especially back in the day, Tiger Woods. Like you just know it. And the same can be said for Naomi Osaka. You know when she has a grace to her on the tennis court. Now, don't get... Okay, let me let me pre- first preface this by saying I don't know much about tennis, all right? I'm not an avid tennis watcher. I'm not someone that eats, sleeps, and breathes tennis. That's, that's not me. But I do enjoy some tennis. I do watch the finals. I do, you know... I do follow players. I do follow Naomi Osaka. Of course, I follow Serena. I, I follow my man's Roger Federer. Uh, uh, you know... So, like I said, you know when you're watching greatness, and that's how I feel, and that I feel that's, that's what we're seeing at of Naomi Osaka. I understand that she's young, and, I, and I'm not here saying she's going to be the greatest tennis player ever. I'm not saying that at all. But what I will say is you have to we have to acknowledge what we're seeing. We're seeing somebody at her young age that at this moment looks like she's head and shoulders above the rest and that, and I mean head and shoulders above Serena head and shoulders above anybody that she steps on the, that she steps on the court with now I do think she needs to get a little better when she's on clay but she's still early in her career and I think that that will she will develop that, and she'll she'll be better at that as she ages and cont- her her experience goes up. But what we're seeing from Naomi is 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 greatness, and there's no if ands or buts about it. Like again, she when you when you step when she steps on the court, it's 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 it's. it's it started. She's one of those players now where if she steps on the court, it's 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 a major upset if she loses, like major upset. And, and that doesn't matter if she's in the finals and she loses. It's still a major upset. That's how good she's been. Now, again, I'm not here saying that she's going to be the greatest tennis player ever. I'm also not saying she's not going to be the tennis player ever greatest tennis. Of course, she has some feats to achieve but this is pretty much a Naomi Osaka uh <laughs> appreciation post congratulations for winning the Australian Open in straight sets by the way not to mention she went she 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 went against Serena in the sem- in the semis and one in straight sets and she goes and wins the Australian Open finals in straight sets that i mean again becoming the second woman to go 4 and 0 in her first major finals appearances and that and this is somebody that it's is widely known that she has to improve her play on clay <laughs> but yet yeah, still she you know you it's it's tough it's tough when you when you it's tough when uh, it's not tough. Let's say this, let's just say this. Like I said, you know when you watch greatness. You know when you see greatness. You know what greatness is. You know that greatness just radiates out of people. Like I said, when you watch Simone Biles, you know, yeah, that's that's greatness. When you watch Michael Jordan, when you watch LeBron, when you watch Michael Phelps, when you watch Floyd Mayweather, when you watch players like that or athletes like that, uh, Mega Rapino, you just, that's greatness. And this is the same thing from Naomi Osaka. She can go down as one of the, I'm not saying she will be the greatest, but she can go down. If she continues the path that she's on, she can go down as one of the greatest tennis players ever. And the fact that she's so young means that she has so much more to build on. And that's even more scary seeing as though She's still young in her career, and even though she has more to build on, we're st- we're seeing all that she's accomplished, and all that she is accomplishing currently. So again, shouts out to Naomi Osaka for winning the Australian Open. Definitely, you know, congrats to you. you you're you're a goat, and do what you got. You know, con- congratulations to her. Let's move forward. Let's have a serious conversation about the Celtics. Who are the Celtics? The Celtics do everything good. What do I mean by that? The Celtics have a good coach in Brad Stevens. They have a good GM in Danny Ainge. They have star players. They have Jason Tatum. They have Jalen Brown. They're 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 good defensively. They're okay defensively. They're good. They're okay offensively. I mean, you have those players. Uh, you have Kimba on some nights. You have Peyton Pritchard. You know, you you have Marcus Smart on the defensive side when he comes back. Uh, they do everything good, but that's just it with the Celtics. They do everything good. They don't do anything great you take Jalen if you take Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum off this team they are lottery bound teams and that is not supposed to be said by the Celtics the Celtics by the way who a lot of people had at least making it to the NBA Finals the last what two three years now you see I talked about this last last episode uh There's a difference between rebuild, like, at some point, you have to get out of that rebuild stage. That's the problem that we see with the Wizards, that's the problem that we see with the Magic, that's the problem that we see with the Kings, that's the problem, and we'll talk about it a little later, but that's the problem that we see with the Timberwolves. They just can't get out of the rebuild stage. The Celtics are in the same boat but not the same ship if that makes sense. Let me say this. They're in the same ocean but not the same boat. The Celtics have stayed in this player development stage since they brought on Brad Stevens and Brad Stevens is a great coach when we're talking about player development. Again, nobody thought that Jalen Brown would be this good, he more than likely, will be an All Star this year. We, people thought that Jason Tatum would be good, but nobody thought Jason Tatum would be this good, on the a borderline superstar this young and this early in his career. But that's just it. You have you develop players. You the organization especially since bringing on Brad Stevens has been incredible developing players. But at some point you have to move from the player development team to an actual championship contending team. And you can look at the you can you look at the Celtics now and realize this I mean they're good but they're not like think about it. This all stemming from them blowing a twenty-four point lead, and ultimately losing. I think on Sunday to the to the Pelicans, a Pelicans team who is horrible on defense. And while you do have Zion Williamson, you do have Brandon Ingram, you do have Zion Williams. I mean, uh, uh, Lonzo Ball on a good day. They're not that good. This that's a team that you should destroy. Yet and still, you build a 24 point lead and then you ultimately lose a 24 point lead. And the team is 15 and 15. They sit, what, sixth in the East right now? Now, that's okay. But th- we're talking about the Boston Celtics, the Boston Celtics that a lot of people had at least going to the championship this year, last year, and the year before. Think about it. Let's look at the top teams in the NBA. Right. I don't see the Celtics beating the 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 Philadelphia 76ers in a seven game series. I don't see them beating the Nets in a seven game series. I don't see them beating Honestly, how the how good they're playing right now, it will be a it will be a dog fight against the Toronto Raptors in a seven game series. I don't I, And let's just say, let's just say for, for let's just say, they make it to the championship. I don't see them beating the Lakers in a seven-game series. I don't see them beating the Clippers in a seven-game series. I don't see them beating the Denver Nuggets in a seven-game series. I don't see them beating... Hell, to be honest with you, and I don't even think they'll make it to the championship, I don't see them beating majority of the teams in a seven-game series. They're great in player development. They will develop the hell out of a player. But I I think they've hit their cap. You know what the Celtics cap is beautiful player development. Greatest player development team in the league. But that's only going to get you where? In the second round of the playoffs, maybe? If you're lucky, the Eastern Conference Finals. Jason Tatum is a is a borderline superstar. Jalen Brown... More than likely should be an all star this year. Yet and still, we look at this team and all we see is flaws outside of Conkers. One flaw, yes, you bring on Tr- Tristan Thompson, but Tristan Thompson is not a championship center. Yes, <laughs> yes, I know he won a championship with the with the Cleveland uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. Yes, I know he's been to a couple championships, but. Hell, I'm pretty sure I could have been the starting center for that team if LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Love are on that team. So spare me. And the real person that I'm, I'm not blaming him, but he does need to take, let me say this, it's not all his fault, but Kimball Walker needs to take the brunt of this blame. They bring you in. They bring you in. They trade Terry Rogier. They trade their they confident enough in letting go of Gordon Hayward because they have Kimball Walker and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have picked up their picked up their ends of the bargain. But. Kimball Walker has not. Kimball Walker has looked so not only has he looked inconsistent, but when he's good, he's good. Kimball Walker is a is a is a, is a good player, but when he is bad, he is horrible. I think the other night he went like one for twelve from the field. Think of it like this. There was a legit argument back when Kimball Walker played for the Hornets. The argument was Kimball Walker is good enough to be the starting point guard on a championship team. In fact, when the Celtics, when Kyrie left the Celtics and they brought on Kimba, there was a lot of people, including myself that thought that Kimball Walker was a better fit for the Celtics and would take the Celtics further than Kyrie was. And ultimately did take them. So, But the caveat was we were getting the Kimball Walker that we've seen in Charlotte the whole time. I ain't going to hold you. (laughs) That's not the Kimball Walker we're seeing. We're seeing a Kimball Walker who can't stay healthy. We're seeing a Kimball Walker who is – we knew Kimball Walker was bad on defense, seeing though his height and everything, but Kimball Walker is god-awful on defense. Kimball Walker – is is not reliable when it comes to the offensive side of the ball even though that is his calling card his offense so kimball walker right now right i'm not saying that it won't get better but kimball walker right now is a liability for for the celtics because they're leaning on him which they they that's what that's what they brought him on for they're leaning on him for more of a leadership offensive role and he has lacked in both areas both areas Again, the Celtics do damn near everything good. They're a good defensive team, especially with you know Marcus Smart coming. They're a good offensive team. I mean, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. Uh, they're 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 a they're a good they're a good coaching staff. They're a good organization. But good is not going to win you a championship. Good is not going to. Not gonna get you to where ultimately you hope to be, which are champions. Hell, look at look at the last few champions. The 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 Lakers. <laughs> that was a great. I mean, you have two great players. I said that you have two great players and a and a good team around them. The Toronto Raptors. You have one great player. And a good team around them. Not to mention a team that was built to beat a team. And and they did also, you know, I'm not going to talk about the whole injuries and stuff. But, yeah. The the Golden State Warriors, a great team. The Cleveland Cavaliers had a great player. I had a couple great players. What I'm saying is good is going to get you wins. Great is going to get you championships. The Celtics are not a great team. They have a great. They have a good player who was on the cusp of greatness in Jason Tatum. They have a good. They have a a, a solid player in J in Jalen Brown. They expected, uh, Kemba Walker to be a great player. He's not. And there's something to be said that the 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 best compliment or the yeah the best compliment that you can say about the Boston Celtics right now is, it is probably the one of the greatest. Teams we've ever seen in, in NBA history for player development, like they develop the hell out of some players. But I, 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 I challenge you to go back in history, in NBA history or whatever. How many player development teams win a win a championship without having a superstar top five player? Or acquiring a great player, you can leave in the comments if, if you want. But I, 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 I can't. I mean the the closest the closest I can think is maybe Golden State in 2015 when they won. But you had MVP and Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green. And Andre Iguodala, And Harrison Barnes. Like, you know what I mean? So, are the, uh, the Celtics, I look at the Celtics, and I don't see a championship team. I see a great player in Jason Tatum. I see a really good player in Jalen Brown. I see a player that's been probably one of, if not the biggest disappointment this season in Kimball Walker. I see a, a great player's player development coach and Brad Stevens but I don't see a championship team. And honestly, the worst part about it is so does the Celtics. Danny Ainge came out and said the team's not good enough. They're not good. So, you know you have a problem. It's just can you fix it? And I don't I I I need to sit down and really think about how to improve the Celtics, but The Celtics today, as currently constructed, is not a championship team. And I understand it's the regular season, and I understand, you know, I understand that a 24-point blown lead to the Pelicans in February isn't going to push the needle. But it's different when it just highlights things that have been Structurally wrong with the team this entire year. So, that's the Celtics. Uh, Moving forward, DeMarcus Cousins and the Rockets agree to mutually mutually part ways. The Rockets want to uh, get a little younger and go small. And that doesn't really work for DeMarcus Cousins, seeing as though he's not the youngest – And he's not a, he's a big, like he's, he's a pure offensive big. So a lot of people are saying, where's, you know, where's he going to go next? And I'm hearing, I'm hearing the nets and I'm hearing the Lakers and don't get me wrong. I under, you know, acquiring a talent like boogie would be good for any team. I mean, he's a, he's a great, he's a really good offensive player. Like, don't get me wrong while he hasn't had the best season, he is also coming off of yet another lower extremity injury. So it's gonna take some time. And we're not seeing the book like the the great uh arguably one of the best centers in the league, boogie, isn't that's not him. We're not seeing that. We haven't seen that since maybe the Pelicans before he uh before he got hurt. But I'm hearing like I said, I'm hearing the Nets and the Lakers will be great destinations and I honestly think that those would be probably two of the worst destinations for boogie. Why let's let's start with the Lakers. What is the Lakers what what do the Lakers struggle with? The Lakers, when Anthony Davis is not on the court, they struggle with rim def, rim defending and scoring the ball while Boogie can help in maybe one of those categories, which is scoring the ball, he is not a rim protector at all, which is actually another reason why the Rockets are just openly willing to part ways with him. He's not a rim protector. He's not a Clint Capella. He's not a Jared Allen. Like, he's not protecting the rim like that. And while he can score the ball, He's not one of those players that can carry a team. He's not one of those players that if LeBron's having an off night, if Anthony Davis, when he's back, is having an off night, uh, he'll, he'll give you 28, 29 points. That's not Boogie anymore. Boogie is just a step slower. Of course, rightfully so, seeing as though most of his injuries have been lower extremity injuries, you know, leg injuries with his ACLs or Achilles, you know what I'm saying? Like, That's just not Boogie anymore. And Boogie isn't, you know, he's a big. So, you know, ACL tears and Achilles tear ruptures are kind of detrimental for bigs. So I don't see him working. I don't see him fitting for the Lakers. Now, for the Nets, I definitely don't see him fitting for the Nets because here's one. I will say this. And I said this before. The Nets offensively are incredible. The Nets offensively are arguably one of the greatest offensive teams that we've ever seen. With Kevin Durant, with Kyrie Irving, with James Harden, they are incredible offensively. And they could go down as one of the greatest offensive teams we've ever seen. But the problems that the Nets have will still be problems if they have Boogie. And their problem is, they are god-awful defensively. Yeah, you might have some anomaly games where they might hold their opponent to under 100 points, but that's few and far between. And adding Boogie will just add to to what they're great at, but also increase on what they're bad at. You're hoping that DeAndre Jordan can be some semblance of a quality rim protector he hasn't been but that's what you're hoping boogie is not that at all so i don't he doesn't to me that would that would complicate things further uh that would complicate things further for Brooklyn if you bring on a Boogie Cousins because he, like I said, increases on what you're good at, which is offense, but he doesn't help at all on what you need help with, which is defense. So you ask, where where is Boogie a good fit? He's a good fit for a couple teams. The, the real question is, is he a good fit for a championship-style team? I don't see him a good fit for... Let me say this. I can see him a good fit for Milwaukee. I can see him... Actually, you know what? Yeah, I can see him be a good fit for Milwaukee. I can see him be a good fit for... Maybe Toronto. I can see him be a good fit for... Boston, maybe. But if we're talking about like a team that... If he goes on their team, they're exponentially better. I think that we're past that, or DeMarcus Cousins is past that in his career due to injuries. Uh, there's, Like I said, there's a lot of teams, though, if we're not just talking. Like, I can see him fitting with the Wizards. You know, you got Bradley Bill. You have Russell Westbrook and now Boogie. Now, that could be a, a explosive team as far as personalities-wise, but I can see him fitting with the Wizards. I can see him fitting with – um. I don't know. I can see him fitting maybe with the OKC. Like it's 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 really just a fit. Do I think DeMarcus Cousins at this point of his career will take a team over the top? No, I don't. I think he's more he'll be more of a complementary 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 piece for a team instead of a a missing piece, a missing link, you know what I mean? So I, I do – I am curious to see where he'll go. And, yeah, I, 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 I really – you know, I feel horrible for uh, John Wall. You know, John Wall first gets traded from Washington to Houston. And while, of course, John Wall didn't want to leave uh, Washington, the sun is kind of bright because you get James Harden, you get Boogie, and it looks – you know, it looks bright. All of a sudden, you look up today. James Harden demands a trade and is shipped out to Brooklyn. Boogie, now your college best friend and one of your closest companions in the league, is now parting ways. So it's just you and and what Christian Wood. <laughs> so I, I just feel bad for John Wall, man. I and and again, I'm ex- I, I'm anxious to see where Boogie goes. And I say anxious more for him than for the fit because, again, I don't think we're, I don't think, like, if Boogie, if Boogie went to to Brooklyn, I don't think that the meter will change. I think a good place for him to go would uh, would be New York, but as far as New York, Knicks, but I don't know. But then again, that will take away from Julius Randle development so I, I don't know man again it's it's unfortunate due to injuries how we're looking at uh Demarcus cousins but you know it'll it, we'll, we'll just see how it goes so yeah, moving forward you know we talk about the Rooney rule in in uh, f- in football right. And for people that don't know what the Rooney rule is, the Rooney rule is if there is a open vacancy on any head coaching or any front office position, any coordinator position, the team has to uh interview a minority for the position. And all they have to do is interview. They don't have to hire. They just have to do their due diligence due diligence and, and interview a uh, person of my a minority, whether that's African-American, Asian, Hispanic, you know, minority. The N- NBA doesn't have that. The NBA does not have a Rooney rule. The NBA doesn't have a rule where you have to hire or you have to you have to, um, you have to interview an African American or an, a person, a, a minority for any position. And where is this coming from? The Timberwolves fire Ryan Saunders, the son of the late Flip Saunders. Uh, they fire him. I think they're seven, like twenty-four, something like that. Like they're not a good team. And they, one, they fire Ryan Saunders midseason, which you don't really see too often. And they turn around and hire Chris Finch, who is the assistant coach for the Raptors. Both, by the way, <laughs> in season. And you see players like Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum voice their frustration because you have David. Vanderpool, if I'm saying your name wrong, I apologize. But Vanderpool, uh, he's he's one of the assistant coaches on this on the c- current staff of the of the Timberwolves, who is of color and what well, has been there for for many upon many of years. And looks like it didn't even get a fair didn't even <laughs> they didn't even hint it like they it looks like from what it looks like you you fire. Flip on I mean, you fire Ryan Saunders, and the next day you have Chris Finch. There's that's that gives no there's there's no way that you can have a, a proper interview, especially with some. I don't even think it's allowed to have an interview with someone mid season like that, especially when they're in the season. So that just shows that you know, relationships off the court, all you know, all is 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 king when we talk about getting a coaching job for the NBA. But I started with the Rooney Rule because, like I said, it's not just, it's not just the NFL that has this problem. The, the league, the NBA, which, which is a league that is known to be player progressive, that is known to be more of a player-friendly league, Still has problems with hiring African American and minority coaches. Think about it, David Fisdale, He had he did not have a fair shake at all in New York, and he gets ran out. Mark Jackson, who was known for kickstarting the 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 Golden State Warriors before Steve Kerr came in, he is not he has not had a job. Since then, well, let me say, he's not had a head coaching job since then. You look at it's, it's, it's just it's it's crazy that Lion, uh, Lionel Hollins is an assistant coach, but is good enough to be a head coach. It's just it's it's crazy when you look at a league, and this this goes with the NFL as well. You look at a league that is dominated by African American players. Yet and still, you there's still a huge gap between African American coaches, and I, I I understand that you know Dame and CJ were kind of forcing voicing their frustration for David Vanderpool, seeing as though he had you know they have a relationship close relationship with him, but then the bigger it's, it's just a bigger picture. It's it's how is it that and and this and, you know what's even worse. What's even worse is this you let's let's just talk about the Wolves situation you bring in Chris Finch more than likely if this is if this is quote unquote your coach of the future more than likely he will fire the entire coaching staff to bring on his people you know because he wants his system meaning people like David Vanderpool more than likely by the season's end will be gone and Usually, like I said, it takes – it's it's a lot harder for African Americans to get a second chance, even if they don't – even if they don't deserve it, or even if they – even if they shouldn't even have to have a second chance. Like, David Fisdale was not a bad coach. Lionel Hollins was not a bad coach. Yet and still, you see one of them is is talking on the jump every day and the other one is an assistant coach. So – <laughs> All I'm saying is, it's 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 glaring at this point, the fact that the Rooney Rule, or in the NBA sense, you know, not hiring African American as a head coach, like it's they're so easy to have an African American as an assistant coach. Uh, or uh, a, a special teams coach, or something like that, and but they don't want you at a head coach. Look at let's look at look at uh, look at the NFL. We talked about this before, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know dwell on it. But look at the damn near entire coaching staff for uh, the Bucks. You know Brian Leftwich, uh, Todd Bowles. Um, look at, look at the chiefs, Eric B the, the league is so comfortable with having them being coordinators yet. And still for some reason they have bad interviews, quote unquote, when they go for head coaching and you get, get a person like Dan Campbell, who's talking about biting people's shins off. And then the head coach for the Eagles, I totally forgot his name, but he had to read, <laughs> he read a written statement. That was pretty much saying, you know, we're going to be the best that we can be. You have to write a statement for that? Yet and still, Eric bien was a bad coach, like a a bad interview. I'm almost sure. I'm almost sure. I I could be wrong, but I'm almost sure Eric bien did not say we're going to, you know, if you kick us down, we're going to bite your kneecap off. I'm almost sure he didn't say that, but he didn't get the job. But And and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that Chris Finch is not going to be a great coach. I'm not saying that he's not going to be the next greatest coach in in NFL history. I mean, NBA history. I'm not saying that because who knows. But what I'm saying is it's crazy that African-Americans and people of or or minority candidates continue to get overlooked. And it's crazy how if you look at the league right now, look at the league right now. You can, I think you can, in fact, yeah, if you look at the league right now, you can count on one hand all the African-American head coaches in the NBA or coaches of minority. And on one hand. Yet and still, the league is, what, 90% African-American. And, hell, you can do the same thing for the NFL. So, it's, I will say things need to change because they do. But it's like, if, if if you're an owner, what is your incentive in changing? If your money at the end of the day is getting affected. So, I don't know, man. But also, and I said we'll talk about the Wolves or Timberwolves. Let's talk about it real quick. We have to have a serious conversation about how good Carl Anthony Towns really is. Again, and, and this I understand that Carl Anthony Towns off the court has gone through God knows, like has gone through damn near hell this past year, year and a half. Uh with COVID and his family. He's I'm not gonna I'm not gonna list everything that's happened, but I know that he's he's gone through a lot and my hearts and prayers go out to him and his family. But we're just talking about basketball on court and you have one reason, one reason why a team now there's there's multiple reasons, of course, uh, there, there's there's multiple reasons that could be why a team has, cannot get out of a rebuild stage. One reason is because you bank your history on the wrong person. Look at look at Washington. Look at look at both Washington teams. Let's look at the Washington football team. They banked their history, or they banked their yeah their their immediate history on RG three. Didn't work out. Look at the Washington uh, basketball team, Washington Wizards. They banked their history on Gilbert Arenas, and while Gilbert Arenas was incredible, that didn't pan out. They banked their history on John Wall before the injury, and now they're banking their history on Bradley Bill and who who, there's a report every every week of another team hoping that he gets tired of losing and going to another team. I'm not saying that Carl Anthony Towns is a bad player, but what I'm saying is we have to look at – how good is really Carl Anthony Towns? And when I say how good is Carl Anthony Towns, it's like a coin. It's like you flip like like I said, one 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 side you have uh when you bank on a player and it works. The Golden State banked on Steph Curry, it worked. Uh who else? Cleveland for a certain amount of time banked on LeBron James. It worked, uh, even though it was one year. Toronto banked on Kawhi Leonard. It worked, and like I said, and, and 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 like I said, man, it's a flip of a coin. Sometimes, and like I said, a lot of times it doesn't. The Timberwolves banked on Karl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins, and, it didn't, and it's, it's not working. And now you throw in uh, D'Angelo Russell. It's not working. Like I said, when you bank on a player like LeBron James, Cleveland they ain't been good since he left because they banked on him. Now, yes, it ultimately got them a championship, so it worked for that time. But they they haven't been good since before he was there and after he was there. The Lakers banked on the Lakers banked on LeBron. It's working. I mean, you got a championship. You're like what? second or third in the in the west like you know it's working oh lebron and anthony davis what i'm saying is this yes you can fire ryan saunders you can you can hire chris finch but at the end of the day what are the who who did you bank your franchise on who are you banking your franchise on and is that person paying off or is that decision paying off I'm not saying that Carl anthony Towns is a bad player, but what I'm saying is if you are going – a lot of people are saying, but he's a center, right? A lot of people are saying, well, Jalen, he's a center. Like, you can't bank your franchise on a center and expect to be good. Denver did. They banked on Nikola Jokic. He is a top – He's a, he's a top three MVP discussion. Philly did. They banked their future on Joel Embiid, and he more than likely right here today is front runner for MVP. Back in the... Now, I understand the game's changed, but back in the day, the the, the Lakers did for a certain point uh, with Shaq, got them some championships. What I'm saying is, hell, the Orlando did it with Dwight Howard, got them to the championship. And they haven't been back since, or been close since, actually. So what I'm saying is this. You really have to look at, who, did you, who are you banking your franchise on? And is that person paying off? I'm not saying, again, Carl Anthony Towns is a bad player. But what I'm saying is, I don't think he is a player to bank your franchise on. And you're kind of seeing all this turmoil with the Timberwolves. And there's one common denominator. That's Carl Anthony Towns. So that's all I'm saying. Moving forward. The NBA All Star uh starters were revealed and there there really wasn't everything that I said, I believe, uh, when I did my prediction kind of came to fruition outside of uh I know Paul George wasn't a starter. I think the starters for the West was Steph Curry, um, LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, uh, Luka Doncic, and Kawhi Leonard. And for the East it was Kyrie Irving, Bradley Bill, Kevin Durant, Giannis, and uh Giannis and uh, Joel Embiid. Now, the West, pretty much everything I said, outside of maybe Paul George, um, and a lot of people were were up in arms because Luca and Luca started over Damian Lillard. Uh, I, I I can see both ways. I can see people that are upset for Dame because he's having an incredible season, but even though. Dallas is not having a good season. Luca is having a great season, so I can understand that, and I can kind of I can kind of see the, how the fans voted in Kyrie Irving. Like I said, for the point guard position for the East, I would have gone with James Harden. Seeing as though I'm also looking at everything that he did, even though we know how it ended in Houston. If you look at the numbers, James Harden was still the old James Harden, even if he was overweight and just didn't want to play. Uh, but I, you know. There's no shock here. Shouts out to the voters for, for you know, uh, voting in Bradley Bill, which he's, he should have done it last year. Seeing as though he's kind of having an identical season, but it is what it is. But yeah, there's really no there, there's really no shock. Um, of course, we're, we're waiting to see. I believe that the reserves are going to be on Thursday. I'm not sure, but. Yeah, man! Shouts out to shouts out to all the all the players that all the all stars that will be starting. So there's that moving forward. Moving off of basketball, Fernando Tatis uh, gets a 14 year, three hundred and forty million dollar contract with the Padres. Now, shouts out to you, my guy. Go get your money. I'm not. Ta- I'm not saying at all that $340 million was not deserved. He's one of the best young players in the MLB. He's one of the best young players that the Padres have had in God knows how long. So I understand that. One thing that I will caution is the 14-year contract. If you look at all the players that you've given 10-plus-year contracts to, none of them really has panned out as far as World Series – uh, wins. I mean, you give it to. I understand it's still early in the contract, but you give it to uh, Bryce Harper. The Phillies ain't nowhere close to winning a championship. You give it to Mike Trout. While Mike Trout is arguably one of the greatest uh, baseball players ever, the Angels ain't nowhere close to getting a championship or a World Series. So, but but I do understand why you make that. Uh, why you make that decision? Because the Padres is not a organization that is really high on getting, getting free agents. So to sell tickets and to at least have a, a marketing bargaining chip, you give a player like uh Fernando a 14 year contract. So it's like, well, he's here for 14 years. So come play with one of the best players. Not to mention, we don't want to lose a player like this, seeing as though the Padres, the San Diego, isn't really a, a place to get high name free agents. So, I understand. Um, I understand where it com- I understand why you give him fourteen years. I would just caution that, especially like really, really good teams or teams that can afford free agents. Like, I don't see the 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 Boston Red Sox giving somebody if well they're kind of cheap, <laughs> but I don't see the Dodgers. I don't see the Dodgers giving a, a player, no matter how great they are, a fourteen-year contract, or the the the. Yankees, I don't, I just don't see it, but I do understand why the Padres gave it to Fernando um, Tatis um, Jr. So, shouts out to him, and shouts out, go get your money, my guy. He is one of the best young players in in all the baseball, so it's definitely understandable. So, shouts out to you. And lastly, before we go, I want to shout out Don, Deion Sanders for winning his. For, Winning in his coaching debut against Edward Waters, for people that don't know, he is the coach of Jackson State University, which is an HBCU. Going against Edward Waters, which is another HBCU. I've actually we've actually played them in basketball when I played uh, college basketball. But shouts out to Deion Sanders for winning his coaching debut of fifty three to zero against Edward Waters, and you know it's, it's, it's big when a uh, a person in the sports world, as big as Deion Sanders, especially we know what he did, not only in the, in the football world, but the baseball world, Um, you know, for a player, for a person like that to come and coach at an HBCU, that's just huge. And to bring, to be successful, because a lot of people would say, well, yeah, he coached at HBCU, but is he going to be successful? I understand it's his first gig or, or, I mean, first win, but it's like. That helps with recruiting. That helps with finances when, or or funding when it comes to the school, and it's just that's just a huge monumental feat. So, shouts out to Deion Sanders. It does suck that a lot of his personal stuff were stolen and then recovered um, at the end of the game. Like, like, come on, bro. I understand it's Deion Sanders and he makes a lot of money, but come on, bro. That's uh, that's an, Like, that's that's wild. You gotta do better. But you know, shouts out to Deion for getting his or winning in his coaching debut and winning big too 53 to 0 ain't nothing to scoff at. So uh I appreciate you guys. That has been this week's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. Again, please subscribe, please like, please comment, please share. Uh if you want an Unpopular Podcast uh shirt, hoodie, uh sweat, sweater, whatever it is, the link is in the description below. I have all different types. And yeah, man, I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. And until next time, much love.
1: That That ain't no damn, if you try me, man, shit might get crazy. If you try me, I'm gonna rock a fella like Jay Z. If you try me, man, shit might get crazy. Well, if you try me, I'm gonna rock a fella. I walk through the valley of shadows and fiends Broken glass on the asphalt, a gospel of dreams And that ground feel different under the weight of these timbs. And I ain't rapping, buddy, buddy, cause I'm working for M's So it's not too many homies, and only few know me I've been off-key grooving, I enjoy moving low-key Kinda tricks to ask your sister, might as well call me Loki. And the youngin' in this game, but respect me like an OG when I talk You gon' listen I'm in this OJ type of move My gloves different I break that little curse No sneak dissing It's double seven with the stick My heat different That nice fade with the Crescent as a park, and my hunger hit Different like a peasant at the dog, my team Bonded in blood, like a wedding for some Sharks So whatever, float your boat While well, I'm nowhere in this all it's going down And they screaming Titanic It's beef over cheese like we try And make a sandwich, it's no fake love So I ain't running just a tipper, try and make Something shake like a struggling stripper Couple stars with the handle, you can see I'm the dipper, you can hear the buzz clear Like a fade from the clipper, high class When I rap, so become a wine sipper Or become a wine taster, Start I made sure I might breathe, stress, shake it. And Pharaoh through the hoops, so to the basket, I'ma take it. The Olive Garden stick and homie, I'll break it. The one-way ticket, if I click it, pearly gates it. And soul took a solar name, they ain't trying to reinstate you. You put that on, die, well, it's time to meet your maker. I'm rolling with the pen, with the swag was a baker. Roll the dice with your life, and don't you gamble with the player, don't you gamble with the player. Man, shit might get crazy. If you try me, I'm gonna rock a fella like Jay Z. Don't you do know it. Man, shit might get crazy, but if I'm driving, I'm gonna rock a fella like Jason.